you would turn with me, please, to uh, Proverbs 3. So what we've been studying uh, these last uh, several weeks, um, really since the first of the year, is um, the use, making use of the word of God to uh, guide our life, right? So a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Uh, so our, our walk, our daily uh, conduct and course through life, the decisions that we're making, uh, trying to really make use of the counsel of the word of God to direct our steps. Over the last uh, many weeks, uh, we've covered a lot of ground, and uh, hopefully uh, some of that, again, hopefully nothing new, but just reminders of uh, biblical principles and so on. Uh, Proverbs 3 is where we have been most recently, and it touches on uh, some very important parts uh, of this process of using the Word of God to guide us. Uh, you have promises, uh, for example, in verse 6, he shall direct your paths. And uh, that is certainly part of what we're, we're wanting uh, as his children. Um, part of his directing of our paths, as we touched on last time, is um, when we don't get it right the first time, he'll chasten us. And the reason he does that is because he loves us. And verse 12 makes that point, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. And the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12, uh, picks up on this passage from Proverbs, quotes uh, this passage from Proverbs in, in encouraging us in our running of the race. Okay, so uh, actually let's... Uh, I told you to turn to Proverbs. Let's turn quickly to Hebrews just to, to capture this again. Hebrews 12, and then we'll be back in the Old Testament. But, so Hebrews 11, of course, gives us example of those who lived by faith. Uh, it goes all the way back to Abel, and then Enoch, and Noah, and Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and Sarah, and uh, Joseph and Moses, Moses' parents actually, and then Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, uh, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and others uh, in chapter 11. None of them perfect people, all of them living by faith. Uh, and so the challenge then comes to us, verse 1 of chapter 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. 
And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Right, And so the, the point is, the unfortunate reality is, we will not always get it right. Um, and so when we do turn aside, when we misstep, when we sin, when we uh, depart from uh, following the will of God, if we are his children, because he loves us, he will correct us. Uh, he will chasten us. And the passage goes on to remind us that, you know, for the moment, that's not pleasant. But his objective is our good that we would be partaker of his holiness. And uh, so he will work with us. And, and the challenge to us is, on the one hand, we don't want to despise his chastening. We don't want to grow bitter against it. Later in the chapter, it talks about a root of bitterness springing up. But the other thing is, we also don't want to faint Put that in your own words. What would it mean to faint? In the context of what this chapter is talking about. Okay, lose heart. Okay. Okay. All right. Any other ways, phrases that you would put that in to your own words? Give up. Okay. Just give up. What's the use? Right. And especially if you think about it, I keep reminding us, right? Um, none of us will do this perfectly, right? I keep saying that when we're talking about sanctification. You know, this side of seeing him, we're not going to be perfect, right? And so... The temptation on the one hand is when we misstep, you know, and the Lord chastens us, we grow bitter against him. But the other, on the other hand, the temptation is that we may lose heart. We may give up. We may just, what's the use? Right? I can never do this anyway. Right? And so these passages are cautioning us against that. Right? No. Yeah, it's hard. And, you know, yeah, you messed up. We're not denying that. Uh, the, the 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 error the sin is real but the you know it's not cause to quit it's not cause to give up uh it's you know no we're, we're in this race and we will run it with the lord's help and so we confess our sin and work to forsake it to set it aside to put it off and in its place to replace it with the new man, whatever it is that is the will of God in that setting, whatever our situation was, and we, we are going to carry on. And so that's part of making use of the word, right? The word recognizes that we will have these times of sin. We will have these times of, of failing to follow. And the Lord, though, will never fail to love and to correct. Never fail. He will never fail. He will never give up on you. Right? He will never say, this person just is not getting it. Forget it. He'll never do that. Right? 
Uh, he is a faithful God and a patient God, and he will, he will persist, and he will not faint with you, right? So don't faint with him is uh, the idea, All right? So that, again, just for our reminder, uh, that making use of the word recognizes that, okay, sometimes I'm going to have to make use of that word to get myself back on the right path. And that means I'm going to have to recognize his correction. I'm going to have to not grow bitter. I'm going to have to not grow disheartened. Uh, I need to work my way back and it may take some effort and it may take, you know, confessing of sin to other people, right? Humbling ourselves that way, which is never fun and never easy. And we have all kinds of reasons why we shouldn't have to do that. Okay, so it may be that as I step my way back onto the path, following the counsel of God's word, right, uh, that you know I, I make the effort to do that, right. So I so that's part of it, right. It's we won't always get it right, and so we must be prepared uh, to follow the path of correction. How do we fix this now that we messed up? The the word tells us. And uh, so we need to be ready for that. Now, uh, let's now turn to Psalm 37. And as we turn here, um, there is another thing that we have to keep in mind. As we are making our way along uh, the path of life and, you know, we've, heard the gospel and we've responded to the gospel. We've repented of our sin and believed on the Lord Jesus. And okay, now I'm I'm wanting to follow him. And I step out on the way. And, you know, you run into blessings, you run into difficulties, that kind of a thing. But as you're stepping along the way, you see other people around you and they're making their way through life. And uh, some of those other people are clearly unbelievers and you know that and yet you look at the way along life that they're making and you're thinking, hmm, that looks pretty good. Right? It looks pretty comfortable. It looks pretty fun. It looks whatever. And so this is another factor that we have to consider when we are wanting to take the counsel of the word and shine it on our path so we do not misstep. We need to recognize that the, one of the pressures that the word is going to help us with is this pressure from looking at the evildoers and being envious of them on their way. And again, uh, we don't have to necessarily get into specifics of the things that we would see in them and therefore, you know, envy. uh, But nonetheless, um, they're out there, right? And this psalm anticipates that. Notice how it opens Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers. 
of iniquity. All right, so it opens with that counsel. Uh, again, don't just don't look around you at the world and and think, man, they're just getting along just fine. Right? Why am I suffering for the cause of Christ? Why am I denying myself? Right? Why am I putting off the old man and you know putting to death my members, these desires within me that I have, and I'm denying myself all of those things. I've got this cross, right? This dying to self. Why am I doing that? And you look at them and and how they seem to be getting along, uh, you know, relatively fine, right? Uh, now, obviously, there are examples of people in the world in their unbelief that aren't getting along relatively fine. But there are some who, at least on the outside looking in, seem to have it all together, right? And seem to be uh, doing just fine. And so this psalm, really the whole of the psalm, we're not going to uh, study all of it, but um, there are some very important things that will help us. Uh, here. Okay, so uh, maybe the thing to do is I, I will read the whole psalm and then uh, we will comment on some parts of it. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, and those that wait upon, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be upright of upright conversation or conduct. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Why? For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied, but the wicked 
shall perish. And the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke. They shall consume away. The wicked borrows and pays not again. But the righteous shows mercy and gives. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth. And they that be cursed of him that is of God shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now I am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves judgment and forsakes not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, Thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away. And lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Right? And so here you have this uh, whole psalm really given over to encourage the heart of people who uh, are endeavoring to follow the Lord, seeing the temporary prosperity of the wicked around them, or even being uh, afflicted by the wicked in their pursuit, when they are pursuing a path of righteousness. And the Lord would speak these words of encouragement to us in our following of him, right? to encourage us uh, to uh, carry on, to persevere, to trust the Lord to wait, right? You see those words and we'll try to pick up on them as we step our way through some of the parts of it, right? But these words to, to trust, to wait, to rest, uh, those kinds of things. Um, so with this, uh, the Lord would endeavor to encourage us and really part of our making use of the word to find our way is to heed counsel like this as well. All right, so... On the one hand, it's, you know, fret not, don't worry, don't be troubled or concerned uh, as you observe what seems to be the prosperity of the wicked. Uh, and part of the reason, of course, given is that, that that's not how it will end for them. Right? They will be cut off. Uh, 
and the Lord will see that that happens, right? So the one whom we are following is the one whom we are trusting. And we are trusting that he will lead us rightly and he will lead us safely so that we will not in the end be cut off. The other thing that's quite interesting here is the number of times that you have uh, this kind of a phrase made, verse 9, they shall inherit the earth. Verse 11, they shall inherit the earth. Um, uh, I didn't, uh, verse 18, their inheritance shall be forever. Uh, then again, you see it in verse 22, shall inherit, such as be blessed of him, shall inherit the earth. Um, there was another one. Verse 29, the righteous shall inherit the land. Um, and I'm reminded of what we saw in, in the book of Romans in our study through that, right? We're in Romans chapter 8, talking about our inheritance. And back in Romans chapter 4, it talked about the promise to Abraham that he would inherit the cosmos, right? the world, the, all of creation. And uh, so that is something to keep in mind, right? Uh, again, the wicked who seem to have the houses and lands, the wicked who seem to be so prosperous, right? Uh, I mean, how many of, of you know the Forbes list of 100 richest people in the world, how many of them are believers? I don't know the answer to that, but, but I'm guessing probably none. Uh, and if so, if there are any, it'd be very few. Right. So my point is, you know, for the moment, they seem to be so well off. They seem to be so prosperous and so on. And of course, bringing it back to sort of the more normal level, even within our community, you look around and you see these people and their businesses seem to be, you know, working for them and all of that. And it's like, you know, wow. Okay. There's a future. And if they are not rich toward God, right, if they do not give themselves to God uh, by repentance and faith in Christ, they'll be cut off. They'll have nothing. Absolutely, they'll have less than nothing, right, because of their being cast into eternal punishment in the lake of fire. You'd rather have nothing, right, than have that. You've got less than nothing when you're in the lake of fire. And so the Lord would remind us of that. And for us, this this reminder, hey, you know, we're going to inherit all things in Christ. We inherit all things. It's all ours because we are children of God. We are children of the one who made it all. right? And so we are going to inherit it all. So let's run with endurance this race that is set before us. Let's be patient. Let's wait on the Lord. Let's do as it says here, verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Well, what good is the good that I'm doing doing for me? Keep doing good. And in the end, you'll see the good. You may not see it now. You may It may even enhance your trouble now. But in the end, you're going to inherit the land. Right? You'll see the good that it does for you. Right? So here are the counsels. First of all, fret not yourself. Right? 
You don't fill your mind with worrying about them and uh, being envious of them. But instead, verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Verse 5, the middle of the verse, again, you have trust in him. And so uh, that is something that is emphasized here. And we saw that in Proverbs 3 as well, right? This need to trust trust in the Lord. And part of that trust is that what he's telling me to do is indeed what I ought to do. It is indeed the best path, right? Uh, Because there's going to be all kinds of little voices that come along or sometimes loud voices uh, from friends, family members, right? People who either don't know the Lord or who are not considering, maybe they profess faith in Christ, but at the moment they're not really considering the counsel of God's word and they're, they're pushing you another direction. Okay, so we need to trust the Lord. We need to trust that what his word says to us is the best path. And uh, that trust, that faith is going to be tested all the time, folks. It's going to be tested all the time. Uh, Satan said to Adam and Eve that the path God was choosing for them was the path on which he was withholding good from them. And so he encouraged them to take a different path, right? That would actually give them the good that God was withholding from him. They did not trust the Lord. And instead they trusted that evil counsel. And the rest is history, right? Uh, Alongside of trusting the Lord is this doing of good, right? And... um, God, God's way is always going to be doing good. It will never be doing evil. Never. Right? And so a lot of times we, we just, we know what's good. And, and so the choice really isn't hard at all. You just got to do good. Right? So in this choice, in this situation, which is good, which is evil. Right? Sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes it's like, well, I've got good and I've got good-er, maybe, right? So then it's a little more difficult. Um, but oftentimes it is a choice between doing good or doing evil. And so it's, that's not a hard one, right? except that our flesh has such an appetite to do evil. So the hardness arises within, not because there's uncertainty as to the way, it's because I've got such an appetite for the wrong way. Right? Uh, so that reminder, do good, is something good to tell ourselves, right? Just to say, you know, I've got to do good. I've got to do good. I can't do this. It's evil. I cannot do it as a child of God. Tell yourself that. Right? Talk to yourself uh, that way. So trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. In other words, there's blessing, there's promise. There's promise from God right, for your good as you follow him that way. Uh, then verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So talk to me about that verse. 
just you know think through it, talk to me a little bit. What what observations can you make about a verse like that? Okay, encouraging us to take pleasure in the things of God. Some things to read about, and there's other things to know what are in the scriptures and you do, and it just adds to the depth to what you read, you know? Right. Where it talks about <coughs> talks about the that Jesus is the light of the world. One of the fellows said to us yesterday, it's really dark out there. Mm-hmm. And we said, But Jesus is the light of the world. You know, that is the lighting. When we said those words, both John and I walked away, and we we both said it at the same time. It's it's your partaking. It's not that you're just reading the scriptures. You've got to read the scriptures. Right. But you've got to partake of it. You've got to dig into it. And a little experience for us was realizing that Jesus really is the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. there is darkness there. Mm-hmm. We saw people out there yesterday that was so dark. Mm-hmm. There was a young lady, didn't look young on the outside, 23 years old, and we told her that God loved her, that He would want to save her, and her countenance changed in that her hands were blue or cold, and. You know, those are words that we read in the scriptures, and we partook of it, and we shared it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's it's a bit of an eye opener. Mm-hmm. We've got to exercise our faith and right. partaking of it. It's like when you say we need to forgive other people, and we need to go ask for forgiveness, we need to do that. Yeah. It can't just be, let's talk about it, let's think about it, now, okay, let's memorize that verse. Yes, memorize the verses. And, you know, we've got to exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's partaking. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to do it. Yeah. And it really makes a difference. Right. For those people out there, right. you know, we were able to share a little bit. It, it, was, it, it was moving. Mm-hmm. It was, we prayed for people. Mm-hmm. And we exercised the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We partook of it. We ate of it. Right. Yes. And, uh, you know, oftentimes when we are setting about to be a blessing to others, right, we find that the Lord uses that very much to be a blessing to ourselves, right? And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even, you know, where it talks about the grass being cut down and withers, well, you cut your grass. And it'll stay green for a little while. And same with the people out there, right? Mm-hmm. It stays green for a bit. They look okay, but mm-hmm. they've been cut down already. Yeah. Like even even the rich says, yeah. "What is your life for the vapor?" Yeah. yeah. And and you know, I just can't. When we went out yesterday, I'm 
sorry for this, but yeah. we went over this today. A verse came to my mind, and I, I thought about this. And I, the fields are white at the harvest. Right. The laborers are but few. Right. And they are. We, we handed out every single bag, and everybody shook our hands, and we got a chance to pray. And, and I mean, we shared, you know, John and I both kind of automatically, you know, the Lord was with us there. He, he said something, then I said something, and, and, and we were just humbled. We were rejoicing. We were mm-hmm. wet, we were cold, and we were rejoicing mm-hmm. because the fields are white at the harvest, even in Portland Hill. Mm-hmm. They may not be the, the ones who are the middle and upper class. Maybe, I don't know. I think they are. But the Lord says, here they are. Mm-hmm. They're right here. And are they... Are they the most, you know, the least desirable? Yes, they are. Are they the mm-hmm. most discarded or discardable? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Jesus came. The Lord came to seek and save that which is lost. And we read yeah. that this morning mm-hmm. in the service. Yeah. Yeah, so, so... So, you know, the scriptures here just come alive when you start, when you really, you know, there's nothing easy about going out there and doing that. Yeah. But what a blessing. Yes. Okay, all right. Um, so back to the verse that um, where it says, "Delight thyself also in the Lord," and then there's there's an and, and He will give you the desires of thy heart. I believe that as we practice delighting ourselves in the Lord, the gift that comes is that our desires actually change. Our our desires change mm-hmm. in that process. And mm-hmm. the, the gift is from him. We do get the desires of our heart, mm-hmm. you know, of his, mm-hmm. of his heart. Right. right. Because our desires change. Yeah, and okay. by the way, whoever built those um, bags, I mean, I know the ladies were involved. God bless you guys. You should have seen the people. I mean, mm-hmm. they were, it was moving. You know, everybody pitched in. These, these people were digging in, looking for the homeowners. And they had smiles on their faces, right? And and we and, and we understood people were praying yesterday, but little did they know that mm-hmm. we were being blessed by them. Mm-hmm. You know, little did they know that that while they were worried and praying, John and I, you know, by the help of God, by His Word here, you know, this precious Word, Psalm 37, fret not thyself because of evil doers, and they're up there. Believe me, we saw them. We didn't, uh, but but we knew that Jesus was the light of the world in a dark in a dark mm-hmm. place like Portland. Mm-hmm. Little bags were full; they were such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have done it without that. Mm-hmm. Just this mm-hmm. this 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 um, living of the scriptures, like the mm-hmm. actual. Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. Really, seriously, everyone, everyone. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Don't let any folks say that. Okay, so with this verse, one thing that's interesting is that um, we might be inclined to want to take the second part without the first part, right? Uh, He will give you the desires of your heart. Okay, all right, you know, give me the desires of my heart. And... uh, See, so the, the 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 two have to go together, right? And what we would find is that if we would delight ourselves in the Lord, 
as has been mentioned, the desires of our heart will change. Right? They have to change. Um, because to delight ourselves in the Lord is to delight ourselves in the relationship with Him, right? That we can have with Him. Uh, to delight ourselves in who He is, to delight ourselves in what He delights in. Right? You're not really delighting yourself in the Lord if you're not delighting in what He delights in. Right? If if you're pursuing a path contrary to His will, as revealed in Scripture, you're not delighting in the Lord. Right? And so that's part of, like what Paul you know, in our Colossians study on Sunday nights, right? Colossians one. Verse 9, he prays that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. And then verse 10, that we would live it, that we would walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, pleasing unto him, right? So the walk that is pleasing unto the Lord is a walk that is in submission to his will, right? So if we are delighting ourselves in him, we're delighting ourselves in what he delights in, what is pleasing to him, then what we will find is, What do you desire? You desire to please him. You desire to walk worthy of of him. And he will give you that, folks. He will enable you in that walk. And so it's not a, this is not a, you know, a a genie moment, right? Where you got the lamp and you rub the lamp and the genie comes up and, you know, gives you whatever you want. God is not that way. That's not at all what we're talking about. But it's, you know, let's, Again, the fear of the Lord. Let's think rightly about him. Let's put him in his rightful place and let's delight in that. Right? Uh, and he is good. We've got to delight in good. We can't delight in evil. If we're delighting in the Lord, we're delighting in good. And uh, so as we do that, then the desires of our heart change and, and he will give us the desires of our heart, right? That we would have his grace to follow him, to walk worthy of him, and so on. Yes? One of the things that delights God, is to say it in his word, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. So, we need to be mindful, you know, the flesh is, but the spirit is willing. Prayer is something that God takes delight in because he's the one who answers and his good time. Right. All for those who here wait patiently on the Lord. Right. Well, you know, we're delighting in Him for praying for a change. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, even what we touched on a couple of weeks ago, the you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So, you know, delighting in the Lord is, you know, seeking Him first. It's making Him the priority. Right. As we saw. Uh, in th- that other study, so that I think is is what is being emphasized there. That that you know, our thinking about God is that we recognize His goodness, and we we recognize um, uh, His kindness toward us, and so on. And we just come to truly delight in Him. You know, as John wrote in First John, right? Our joy is full in Him and our fellowship with Him, and that's the idea. Again, it's not a religion; 
It's a relationship. There's this person. He's real person. He is a real person. And we're finding that he's really, really a blessing to be around and to be with and to talk to in the course of the day, right? And we're delighting ourselves in him. And he will uh, give us the desires of our heart. So there will be that which truly satisfies, right? Uh, our heart will be satisfied because he's given us those desires, right? Verse 5, actually we're kind of out of time. Um, Yeah, I better do it next week. I was hoping to be done this week, but obviously not to happen. So uh, we will come back and uh, pick up with verse 5, Lord willing, uh, next week. Uh, But again, all of this to challenge us uh, so that we are not distracted in the way. We want to make use of the word. We want it to guide our steps. Recognize that there will be those around us that you can see and observe, and they seem to be prospering in their way. Right? But if it's a wicked way, uh, their prosperity is short-lived And we need to believe that. We need to trust that the counsel of God is true in that regard. And uh, we will find it so. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word. Uh, We thank you that you speak truth. And uh, Lord, the longer we live, the more we come to understand that yes, indeed, Your word is true. And uh, the warnings that you give are true. The um, promises of blessing that you point us to are true. Uh, All of it is true. And we do thank you for that. Our desire, Lord, as we have been studying these things, is that we would be able to use your word to direct our steps. And so we ask that you would indeed help us to do that. Um, Show us, Lord, the way in which we should go. Give us your wisdom. Uh, Give us a heart that loves you and that is growing in our love for you. And may we be your obedient servants. And uh, may we know your blessing, Lord. Help us and save us from ourselves, Lord. So easy for us to go astray. And so we pray for your help and your your blessing to us. We will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.